played the clip of Trump slamming slovenly Crowley for getting his ass kicked in New York by the uh, by the hot Marxist. But wow, yeah, speaking of all these people knowing each other and everything, I'm sure Crowley and Trump knew each other. The guy was a, a ten-time incumbent in New York City. Oh, yeah, had to, they have to go back, right? Um, and Trump is a Democrat most of his life. Like up until June of 2016. Because <laughs> um, uh, it was more useful to him. Uh, but So maybe we'll play that later. So we were talking with Tim the Lawyer last hour about these Supreme Court battles. And he hates the whole process. And it is, it is, uh, it is hard to be a part of or watch. Uh, a lot of lying going on on both sides. Uh, Hypocrisy. Uh, and tremendous hypocrisy. Well, and you've got, as Tim pointed out, and I don't know which direction you're going with this, but the justices pretending they don't have any opinions about anything and or are unwilling to share them with you. Which they have to. Asked, which they have to. Lest they get borked. And that Tim was decrying that, and I totally get that. But you saw somebody, an eminent justice, I mean, respected by everybody, Say, okay, yeah, I'll tell you what I think about these issues. Here's what I think about this, which made it much more easy to portray him as a monster. If you keep it kind of vague and shadowy, yeah, I don't know. I've never thought about uh, the First Amendment. Uh, it's an interesting question, but no, I don't have an opinion. If you do that, as absurd as it is, it makes it much harder to portray you as a monster. Right. So we'll get into it. I guess we'll get into the conversation about uh, election year nominations, the Biden rule, and all that sort of stuff, and what McConnell the Biden did. rule, the McConnell rule. Um, uh, coming up in a little bit, but first, how important it is to the Democrats, or how, the way they're looking at it. I tuned into Chris Matthews on MSNBC yesterday, and he had uh, he had it fully worked up. And this is what it sounded like. Good evening. I'm Chris Matthews in Washington. There are times to fight, and this is one of them. If the Democrats in the U.S. Senate allow President Trump to pack the Supreme Court with a 5-4 majority for the next 30 years, it's not something the progressive Democratic voter will soon forget. Two years ago, Republican Majority Leader Mitch McConnell mocked the Democrats by refusing to even meet with President Obama's court nominee. In 2018, with just a handful of months before Election Day, one that will decide which party controls the Senate, Democrats owe it to their party, their principles, and to their own survival to do to Mitch what Mitch did to them. Their own survival. If this strikes anyone as a manifesto from me, so be it. But it is, in truth, a statement of political reality. The Democratic base will not accept failure. It will not listen to arguments on how the 49 Senate Democrats could not stop the 50 voting Republicans from picking a Supreme Court for much of this century. Justice Kennedy was the defining force that saved abortion rights, gave us marriage equality, who led a court majority for tolerance and respect for individual decision making, believes Donald Trump has made clear he doesn't share. He believes, as he told me personally, that there needs to be some form of punishment for a woman choosing an abortion. He has supported capital punishment even for minors, and he Donald Trump is the guy out to pack the court with his idea of individual rights and criminal justice. If the Democrats fail to stop him, there will be, I predict, a full-scale rebellion against its leaders, the first sign of which we saw in Joe Crowley's stunning defeat yesterday in New York. That will be seen as the beginning of the fall if the Senate gives Trump his pick to fill this critical, decisive, historic vacancy on this country's highest court. Okay, that's, for those uh, who that's say the good gist of it right there. Yeah, let me, let me translate that for you. Uh, uh, somebody might emerge as like the go-to guy for howling in anger over this. I'd like it to be me, please. <laughs> Cause, think about- yeah, because most of the rest of what he said is just horse poop. Well, so then he has on as his guest a uh, senator from California, Kamala Harris, who's really good, and she's going to run for president 
And she is a, she is a good politician. It's Kamala. And she is smooth. Kamala. But she had to do what, you know, politicians do this all the time. This is, this is a bipartisan thing people do. They claim they're fighting things even when they don't have a, a way to fight. Sure. It happens all the time. Um, uh, we're going to fight this nomination in the crowd roars yes! and stuff like that. Fight it! And so you ask it, and then you ask some hard questions during the nomination process, or what look like hard questions, but you don't have the votes to do anything. So, and you know that. Are you indeed in favor of child execution? <laughs> so, well, okay, there's there's an angle too. Trump, it often comes back to bite him, as it does in your own life. Yes. you say crazy crap, and then somebody somebody brings that up at some point, and you have to either defend it or say, "Well, it's out of my mind." Yeah. <laughs> Did I say that? Wow, that's nuts. Why jailing that? jailing women who get abortions and executing kids <clears throat> is, you know. Then. Well, listen, if if Trump, and, and you know what's funny? Occasionally he does let glimpses of uh, self-deprecation show. If he just said, you know, during the campaign, there are all sorts of issues. I hadn't given five minutes of thought to in my entire life. And I'm and, almost and, 70. And, and like <laughs> super smart people like Chris Matthews hit me with the question about punishing women who have an abortion. And I thought, wow, that's a tough one. And I kind of floundered because I haven't spent five minutes thinking about it. But now that I have, no, 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 you can't do that. And that would be fine. That would be it. How do you counter that? So you no longer think that. Right. Well, you said it at the time. Yeah, I think I just addressed that. Yeah. Where does the conversation go from there? I don't know. I think it'd be checkmate. Oh, yeah, I say all sorts of crap. I don't mean. I didn't know what I was talking about because I'm right. not a politician, so. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I'd read something about abortion once, but I don't recall what it was. Ask, me, was about, it. ask me about zoning for a hotel. I know a lot about that. Yes, Sean. Do they remove the punctuation from Chris Matthews' teleprompter? <laughs> right. Yeah, that was amazing, wasn't I, his, it? His cadence baffles me. I can't even hear what he's saying just because of the way that he speaks. I'm well, remember, fascinated by he's it. He's a super heavyweight political operative from back in the day, and we interview politicians semi-regularly who have this astounding ability to string 50 thoughts together into a single 10-minute long sentence. So here's, And finally, you have to just break in, Ah, Congressman! <laughs> so... Uh, so there's going to be a lot of energy on both sides, uh, particularly, I think, on, on, uh, among Democrats. I mean, if, if some of the shows that Democrats, you know, look to for guidance are talking like that, yeah. this is, this is a, you know, we've got to fight now, but I don't know what your tools are for fighting. You, you just don't have enough votes. Just a note to your note, uh, there's a headline in the WAPO this morning. I think it was a shot of adrenaline for both sides. Yeah. This thing. Well, but, there's no, no doubt. they have no tools. I mean, they can try to shame the Republicans into not holding not nominating somebody till after the midterms. Um, See, I don't get that. That doesn't work. I didn't like Mitch McConnell not allowing a vote because it was a presidential what election. What did year. you not like about it? I just, I just, I think it's, I, I don't think it's a, I think his honest argument would have been, I have enough votes to do this, so I'm going to. Right. And that, that way we'll get somebody we like as opposed to somebody they like. Which is an argument I understand, and, yeah. then, and then if you don't want that to happen, you need to win more elections. But the whole it would be unfair to the institution crap was I because that if we're not going to have a um um what Chuck Schumer is now saying we're not going to do nominations in election years, that means half the time you can't 
you can't do the have a nomination. Well, and since elections are in November, is it November to November? Then is that the like the fiscal year that we're dealing with? The, the, right. the notion's absurd. Right, and then the whole it was a presidential election. Well, you get to be president for eight years, and until I'm out the door, I'm the president, and this is who I want. Right. Then the next president's job starts on January twentieth of the, the next year. Right. Then they get to do it for eight years, which unless makes, it's an election year. Well, I don't buy no. that, but they did <laughs> but, it anyway. Yeah, but see, this is a great example of and, and listen, I don't need to sway you one way or another at all. Politics is the art of frightening or enticing the herd to run one way or the other. And Mitch McConnell quite correctly decided that the herd could easily be frightened into running away he didn't want if he said, I'm just not going to let it happen because I don't want it to. (laughs) People would go crazy. The herd would be awakened. But by saying, it's to protect the institution, the herd said, it seems kind of odd, but went back to chewing their grass. That's politics. That was brilliant. Yeah. Completely phony, but brilliant. It was phony, and also invoking the Biden rule, which goes back to a speech Joe Biden gave when he was a much younger man back in the 80s about uh, not, uh, and this was hypothetical. There wasn't even a nomination at stake, but he stood up and gave the speech anyway. Nice if, job, Joe. If somebody should retire, I don't think we should consider it now. And he was talking about how partisan the process had become. And he thought that was bad, and he thought they should delay it until after the election, but not till they took office. Mm. Just not during the arguing back and forth should you have the name out there and be part of the whole political, you know, tearing people apart. Because judge, judges should be more independent and not torn by politics or pulled by politics. Yeah, I see. Yeah, that I was, see. That yeah. was, it, I just read the whole speech yeah. yesterday, and it's actually really good. Sounds from pretty a, reasonable. Calming things down and, and not having... He said it's not fair to the nominee, it's not fair to America, it's not fair to the Senate to have it part of the... Polit- as soon as the election's over in November, then we'll do it. It's not going to change the makeup or the numbers or anything like that. Ah, that was his theory. Fairness and gentility. That's cute. That's cute, Jim. <laughs> Those That's days cute are, notion. Yeah, you read his speech and you think... Imagine anybody saying that today. I mean, just nobody on either side. That's just not the way we talk anymore. Right. But he thought it was awful that we'd gone away from 98 nothing votes on Supreme Court justices and it'd become so partisan. You know what's really- the lawyer explained to us why he thinks it's good that we've become partisan on this. You know, we ought to know what we're getting from nominees. Yeah, I get that. Although, you know, and I love talking to Tim about all sorts of stuff. I love it when we disagree as much or more than when we agree. He doesn't bump up enough re- against enough regular people like we do. That's what Tim's missing in his right. life. And he's not an ivory <laughs> tower guy, exactly. No, but uh, but he does hang around with a lot, and he doesn't take phone calls and emails from, from idiots. Right, he's got to get down here in the <laughs> filth with us. He has too much. He believes that we're going to have these, these arguments over the issues. No, what's going to happen is you're going to get exactly the number of votes your party happens to have. Right. And, Unless the person is of a particular ethnicity, then people will vote along ethnic lines or racial lines because we're that enlightened as a people. So, yeah. If we end up having arguments about the Supreme Court nominee, it's going to be over, did they say the N-word in a joke once in college, or did they hire somebody to mow their lawn and not pay the taxes it's right. not going to be over their 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 belief on you know on the, the second commerce Amendment. clause yeah <laughs> yeah which is incredibly important but yeah nobody knows anything about but it, it, can you just believe that it wasn't that long ago that the president would nominate somebody uh the guy who retired yesterday kennedy i think he was 98 to 2 just recently just as long as they're not a crazy person look it's he's not my politics but He's not crazy, and that's who the president wants, so I'll vote for him. Solid judge. I just disagree with him. How, right. did, that, how did that period ever exist in this country? 
It's certainly over now. It was nice. It was like vacation. You know, I got all excited while I was there and I wanted to buy real estate. But now I'm home and people are screaming at each other again. Unimaginable now. Yeah. Hey, I have a theory that the the Republican Party, which is arguably more powerful than it's ever been, is a soap bubble that could burst in about a minute. I don't doubt that. Yeah, but the, the, the numbers are astonishing how much control Republicans have around the country. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. Keep blanking that chicken. I'd be interested in what uh, some of you think of this all. Sure, absolutely. You can mail us, uh, email us, too. Don't don't snail mail us. Uh, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Can the resistance keep up that level of fervor that Chris Matthews showed for the next several months? Over this? Well, right. The gamble is keep the enthusiasm up to the midterms and get people to turn out, even though this battle is ridiculous, that they have nothing to fight with. Um, but just keep people fired up. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm the man, I'm the man. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. won last night's Utah Republican Senate primary, Romney celebrated by going to a victory party and turning the music down. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Did you see Romney wrote an op-ed in the newspaper before the election, not after, um, saying he would challenge Trump or call out Trump when Trump did things that are uh, uncool? Yeah, I heard him say the same in an interview right before the election. And he didn't need to do that. Trump's popular in Utah, so yeah. there's a risk. It's just, you know, he was, was a mini profile in courage. Yeah, I guess. Uh, well, he yeah, was I, up by 80 points, so I suppose it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And Mr. Trump is a con man, a fake. <laughs> he was also asked that question all the time. Yeah. So I think he probably figured, let me get ahead of it. Uh, Mr. Um, Trump. Yeah, he said, look, I'll uh, support him when he's right. I'll criticize him when he's wrong. There you go. That's the Romney doctrine. I don't approve. Have you seen the picture going around of uh, the hot Marxist chick when she found out she won? Because she didn't think she was going to win. All the polls said she was going to lose by 35. Mm -hmm. She won by 15 or something? I mean, it wasn't even close. Of course, it's tough to poll when 11,000 people show up for your opponent. I mean, that's Right, it's like a mayoral mayoral election in a city of 75,000 people. She didn't expect to win, and there's a good picture of her with her hand over her mouth like, what? I mean, I'm going to be a congressman. What what, what do I do now? That's in Washington, right? <laughs> oh, good for her. We need more hot Marxists in the Capitol. <laughs> so uh, you got the the Anthony Kennedy retirement, and it's uh, a, a moderately conservative. He, although he voted with the conservatives, was it fourteen times out of fourteen this this go round? So um, he'll be replaced by probably a little more solidly conservative justice, but. But as, a, um, as but it, it will prolong that five to four majority for for many moons, depending on who lives. Yeah, and as the law professor and who dies, as the law professor we played earlier pointed out, there's not like a certain seat that's the swing vote. It just moves to somewhere else, and now Roberts is mm-hmm. likely the, the 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 you can get him swing vote. Yeah, and you can, but if you can get him only a third as often as you could get Kennedy, that's a change. Sure. I mean, yeah. So anyway, uh, but it's looking like, particularly given the age of some of the 
liberal justices uh, um, that that the Supreme Court might be pretty solidly conservative for a long time. But, you know, that's what I thought. And Antonin Scalia went off on his, his hunting trip. Um, anyway, meanwhile, Republicans recently set a record of controlling two thirds of state legislatures in the country. And uh, gerrymandering's part of it. They've uh, done a good job of getting control, redrawing districts, so it, it's harder to boot them out. It's absolutely part of it. The, the WAPO makes it sound like that's all of it. I don't think that's true. But um, two-thirds of state legislatures. They set another record, 33 out of the 50 governor's seats. They control the entire government in 25 states. Democrats have seven states. Uh, the WAPO says Democrats' recruiting base has been almost completely drained with the vast majority of competitive districts controlled by the GOP, in part thanks to the, uh, the lines on the map, blah, blah, blah. But So that is a picture of unbelievable dominance by one party on the politics of our land. And yet, am I wrong? Doesn't the Republican Party seem like it's it got smoke coming out the tailpipe and oh, no they're running on a like the mini uh, replacement tire that they got out of the trunk and the windshield is cracked and the rest of it? No Doesn't doubt. it feel that way too? Yeah, that it is interesting because the number of people that call themselves Republicans nationally is way down. Right. Um, and uh, and and frankly, nobody's quite sure what the, the Republican Party even is. Right. Nor the Democrat Party. Honestly, it's a coalition of people shouting about stuff. Who, who band together and say, all right, I'll shout for you if you shout for me, but there's no real controlling principle. Yeah. Um, I heard the strategist say, and I think this is probably true, that the Democrats are about to go through their Tea Party period the way the Republicans did, which I was in favor of the whole Tea Party thing, smaller government, lower taxes, and they uh, they did not win the day. Nope, but, um, nope. the mainstream Repu- Republicans found a way to punk them. Well, dressing up in tri-corner hats didn't really help their messaging a lot. Yeah, but it didn't hurt, Sean. It's a good look then, good look now. The tri-corner. But the hot Marxist chick, she's part of the like the Bernie wave and all the younger people that want to do kind of a Tea Party thing to the uh, to the Democrats. Yeah. And 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 Nancy Pelosi will play the John McCain role mm-hmm. if she can. If I'm not getting too complicated here, as yesterday, she didn't praise that when she said that's a it's a minor district. It's a small. It doesn't mean much for the party. Man, it's just, that's fear. Don't try to draw too much, too many conclusions from this one race. That is fear, because I mean, that is so off the obvious thing to say, which is she's an exciting young person on the scene is quite an election. I look forward to meeting with her, etc. You throw out some politician bullcrap ninety nine times out of a hundred. You the, would but, think she would say, yeah, young Hispanic. How exciting is this? We're the party right. of the young and diversity. And she didn't do that but at all. No, the old witch said eh, it's a minor race. It eh, wouldn't even let there's nothing to see here. Let's move along. That's <laughs> incredible. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. That that was shouting something in an attempt to get you to not look at it. That's amazing. Yeah. If you the John McCain reference, in case you weren't here when we were talking about it, turns out John McCain was the one pushing the IRS to persecute Tea Party groups and uh, subject them to extra scrutiny and deny them tax exemptions. Yeah, John freaking McCain. Um, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Trump. Joining with Democrats. Sorry, go ahead, Marshall. Trump ripping on slovenly New York Congressman Joe Crowley. Slovenly. He's a loser. I with like winners. Pelosi, Maxine Waters spin thrown in. Oh, boy. You might want to take a look at your rumpled suits before you start calling people slovenly. <laughs> Come on now. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Show? Show.
tell you what, if our liberal friends were vexed and annoyed by the retirement of Kennedy, here's some numbers that will shock you. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is 85 years old. The loss of Kennedy is a marginal move to the right for the court. You swap out Ruth Bader Ginsburg for one of the fine eminent justices on uh, Mr. Trump's list, that would be a 6-3 majority for decades, maybe? Right. Again, depending on the you know the, the whims of the Almighty. She's super in, in shape and healthy, though. Oh, yeah. She's yeah, an how amazing old? She's woman. She's 85. Yeah. And so if Trump's president for six more years, she's got to make it into her 90s, then. Yeah, yeah, and I don't wish you know her any ill luck, but well, Stephen Breyer, good solid uh, liberal vote is seventy nine. They talk about Thomas retiring because he's had enough, but you know, um, who do you know that's plus 90? he has other things he'd like to do. Who do you know that's ninety or even in their eighties that you go to for really big, difficult decisions? Complex. I mean, that doesn't mean they're not right. capable of right. it, but just in or general, not fabulous people, right? Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm taking a look. Uh, Kagan is young. Gorsuch is young. Uh, Sam Alito is 68. Breyer, 79. Ginsburg, 85. That's your key numbers. Um, it looks like they caught a serial killer. How this guy was killing his victims? Really interesting. Ooh. Been doing it for decades. Stay tuned for You're that You're going story. heavy on the grim lately. Grimm's hmm? fairy tales. People seem to like those TV shows at night. Yeah, that's true. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, we're getting word that federal officers in riot gear are staring down protesters attempting to shut down the ICE headquarters in southwest Portland. The officers have cleared the entrance to the building, but there's a large group of protesters setting up a camp close to that building. Utopian unicorn riding nonsense. Check yourself, Portlandia. So we shouldn't have immigration enforcement. That would be the first country on Earth. That's something. Yeah, the protests come after some Democrats in Congress were calling for the abolition of the agency. That was something President Trump addressed at a rally last night in North Dakota. Trump touching on a number of other topics at the rally, including this week's primary results and the Democrat leadership. I hope we can play this because I was looking forward to this clip. Because we watched that television, and we were winning left and right. They didn't know what the hell happened. And one of my biggest critics, a slovenly man named Joe Crowley, got his ass kicked. Slovenly? By a young woman who had a lot of energy. She had a lot of energy. I guess he didn't see it. They couldn't find him. He spent a lot of money. He actually had a lot of money left over. Everyone's pouring a fortune because they figure. And he was going to take Nancy Pelosi's place. And I was so disappointed because I want to keep Nancy Pelosi right where she is with Maxine Waters. I want to keep Nancy Pelosi. Please, I want to make a plea to my Democrat friends. Please, please, please. Don't remove Nancy Pelosi. She should be where she is. And please keep Maxine Waters on the air as your face and your mouthpiece for the Democrat Party. That's great. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. Because there are all the top Democratic strategists in the country are saying, get Maxine Waters off the TV. <laughs> Get her off the TV. What are you doing? 
She's a bitter old half-wit crook. Why wouldn't you want her as the face of your party? That's something slovenly. Um, <laughs> Did he mean messy and dirty or careless and excessively casual? Well, I think, let's begin with the fact that he meant slovenly and go from there. But, and and yeah. keep in mind that the incumbent got 11,000 votes. Right. That's how many in a district that represents 700,000 people. He got 11,000 votes. She got 15,000. Because nobody shows up to these things. Right. A North Korean monitoring group is claiming the country is still expanding a large nuclear facility. Now, the organization 38 North released satellite images it says shows infrastructure improvements. The buildings were reportedly used for creating weapons-grade nuclear material. However, 38 North's Joel Witt said he's not surprised at the work going on at the facility because, quote, we don't have a deal yet. We just have a general commitment. Right, yeah. Yeah, they're going to keep beefing it up so they have more to negotiate with. Yep. A little fathead is uh, not dumb. Amazon wants to know if you have as little as $10,000 and want to start a small business delivering Amazon Prime packages. The online retailer announcing a new program at a press event said you can apply for their delivery service partners program starting today. Amazon says its new business owners will be able to make as much as $300,000 a year. Wow. The the, the 10 grand goes to pay for a lease on an Amazon van, uniforms, and company support. So they rolled that out. And so I keep every 10th package. (laughs) And there's money in that. Uh, Nine for you, uh, one for me. Seems fair. You get pretty good at figuring out which ones are coming from the good places. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Floyd, May, uh, Floyd Mayweather says he just bought a watch for $18 million. It's nice. Keep good time. The Xbox. Hey, it's time to beat my wife. Oh. <laughs> huh? Oh. Huh? Never forget. I'm Jack Armstrong. The ex-boxing champ showed off his new diamond-encrusted wristwatch to TMZ. It's called the Billionaire Watch. It's clustered. Well, he stole money from me a couple of times. Well, <laughs> one time. The Connor fight was worth paying Remember for. Remember when he beat up that old crippled Filipino fella? <laughs> that was just stealing from me. That, that was rough. <laughs> the uh, watch is clustered with 239 emerald cut diamond stones, each weighing up to three carats. Is it waterproof? Can you take it in the pool? You know, I know that Floyd Mayweather's made a lot of money, but do you think he's going to end up like some of our other uh, great uh, sports icons who made hundreds of millions of dollars? He seems pretty sharp. I certainly hope so. Yeah, I hope so, too, but he seems pretty sharp. Like, I I read the other day, Lisa Marie Presley, Elvis Presley's daughter, had $100 million, over $100 million at one point, and she's got 13000 now. Her deal was her business manager had been stealing from her her whole oh, life. Oh boy! And she's down. She's got thirteen grand. Oh what? my! She can get one of those Amazon businesses started. There you go. And have get yourself grand. a van, Lisa Marie. She's going to need a hunk a hunk of government cheese. Is what she's going to need. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, that's an obscure oh, Elvis song oh, reference. Boy. A very good one. Yeah, it's oh, very that's good. a great Elvis song. And uh, tied together with a kind of a dated government assistance cliche. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Really? Yeah. Really. Yeah, the there's joke. a lot to admire there. <laughs> That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the yeah. nation. Although, <laughs> in Jack's defense, both he and I have eaten government cheese. Yes, I did. Uh, I didn't go get it. My roommate did. We qualified. I wasn't going to do it, but he went and got a whole bunch of blocks of government. Block? Oh, yeah. Oh, a my. gigantic block of cheddar cheese. I'm fairly certain I had that as a kid as well. Yeah. 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 And it was fine. It was, it was pretty good it was cheese. cheese. It was just way more than we needed. But, You'd never poo again if you ate that much cheese before it went bad. We just didn't need that much cheese. 
Um, oh, yeah. So the serial killer they caught. Uh, you know, watch out for this at work. Here's a hint. Oh, boy. Yeah. Is there may be a serial killer in your office. Yes. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the, of nation. the nation. Three cops. One a man, one a woman, one a declined estate. Patrolling the streets of Los Angeles. It does sound a little bit like the music from a cop drama. So who is this? This is Kamasi Washington. Uh, I first started listening to this album yesterday. No other music will touch my ears for at least a couple weeks. I love this album. It's my early... I think this is going to win all the awards that get given to me. Is this all cop things? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but anyway, the reason we, we played it, or Sean brings it up, is I saw an article in the New York Times about it the other day, and it's like the hottest thing going. So if you want to be hip or in the know or... You yeah. hang out with that crowd. What's the name again? Kamasi Washington. He's existed as essentially the anonymous horn section on a lot of other very popular people's oh. records, and now he's kind of branching out on his own. Cool. Uh, the democratization of music I'm I'm in favor of. I'm against it. <laughs> I want four record companies to decide what you hear. Caught a serial killer in Germany, they think. Probably, probably has killed 21 people over 18 years. <laughs> at work. Wow. Caught on camera the other day poisoning his co-worker's lunch. Oh. And he's been doing God. this for almost 20 years. We have reason to believe that he's a maniac. So did somebody just drop dead roughly once a year at this place and nobody thought that was odd? That's weird. Oh, Bill dropped dead. Anyway. Another dead person. Didn't somebody die last year? Yeah, and a year before that. Come on. Does that happen at your workplace? No, never. <laughs> not really. Never happens. Come on, Germany. Yeah, we do not ask questions. 56-year-old suspect was arrested after a colleague noticed a suspicious white powder on his food. It apparently didn't seem to be salt or sugar. Um, the quick- What is this on my schnitzel? <laughs> 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 the quick-thinking man alerted his superiors who reviewed security footage showing the suspect sprinkling the substance on his co-worker's lunch when he wasn't looking. The powder was identified as a lead acetate, highly toxic, almost tasteless, wow. prompting authorities to investigate the incident as an attempted murder. In the beginning, we thought it was a misconceived prank. Then I we, know what I'll do. <laughs> then we remembered 18 other people have died from poisoning here at work. This guy but, set off. Wait a second. Putting rat poison on a sandwich is not a prank. Mm. I know what pranks are. That's not one. A police search of the suspect's home uncovered substances used to make poison. Um, and now they've expanded their investigation to include the deaths of 21 more employees who have died since 2000 as well as one employee who's still in a coma and another on dialysis. They didn't die, wow. but they're in bad shape. Wow, what, what, what <laughs> brand of crazy is this? Because, you know, most serial killers, they kind of do it personally. They're, they kill people and they get a thrill out of it. Putting poison on somebody's sandwich, then wandering away? That, that's weird. Many of the deceased I mean, by killer standards. Many of the deceased died of cancer or heart attacks, which could be a result of heavy metal poisoning. Wow. Well, that's playing the long game if you're putting stuff in somebody's food and waiting till they get cancer and die of it years later. 
Weird, weird. Well, serial oh, killers are just, weird. That's that's insane, obviously. The guy had been working there for 38 years, and they think he may have killed 21 people there, poisoning their lunches over the years. Wow. My guess is a lot of kind of employee outings for lunches from now on at that company. Not a lot of people brown bagging it yeah. in the, yeah, in the near I guess. future. Although old uh, Killy McPowder is, is done. It's insane. Speaking of crime, the story is unbelievable. What is this on my schnitzel? <laughs> I did not put powdered sugar on my schnitzel. <laughs> I am sure of it. <laughs> In September, they start this with an anecdote. Normally, I hate journalism like that. Just tell me what's going on. But this one's good. September last year, one Julie Snyder and her girlfriends make a trip to this park in Flint, Michigan. They're taking photos, and it's a nice park. It's got a river and that sort of thing. Uh, Then they're heading back to the car, and it's surrounded by cops who are photographing the car and pointing inside and looking at it. A group of people surrounded the car. They wore police-like gear, carried handcuffs, and even had a vehicle outfitted with red and blue flashing lights. According to Snyder, they identified themselves as police and accused the pair of trespassing on county land. A woman that detained me had a Kevlar vest on. She had a gun belt and everything. She asked for my identification. She then handcuffed me and my girlfriend. The women were eventually released, but Snyder said they were warned that they would be put on a, quote, criminal watch list. Although she didn't know it at the time, she'd encountered people who authorities now say have been posing as cops and patrolling the county for nearly three years. In addition to detaining people like happened to her, they responded to 911 calls. They had a scanner or something and were sometimes the first to arrive at crime scenes. And when the real cops would get there, they would ask them to perform tasks at the scene, not realizing they were imposters. Wow. What the hell? Could you set up a uh, block that off over there? We need a perimeter. I'm on it. I don't don't know who you are, but sure. (laughs) Sure. I need you to dust for prints. Done. (laughs) I'm just a person with a vest. Take a picture of that blood spatter. I'm on it. Three three members of this group have given up their uh, fake cop attire for jailhouse jumpsuits. Um, did they profit from this in any way? Did they sexually uh, assault anybody? I mean, what were they getting out of it? Thrills, it Thrills. would seem. Okay. Yeah, their elaborate scheme began to unravel last year when someone called a complaint about being mistreated by park rangers. So they wouldn't get people in handcuffs and then steal their car or their purses? No. No, no. But so somebody said the park rangers are really mean at your park. You really ought to do something about it. And the chief uh, of the park said... I don't think we have any rangers there today or whatever. And they uh, launched an investigation, found out they're fake rangers. Um, they would patrol like seven days a week, all night for two and a half years. And uh, according to the parks guy, I don't really know what motivated them to be out here doing what they were doing. Uh, actual, but a bunch of them, not one nut job. Yeah, only three of them are in jail, but there are several of them who are doing this. Huh. Uh, actual police agencies have been interacting with the group and and all thought some other agency in the county had authorized them to be out and gave them authority. How crazy is that? God, I should get a Kevlar vest and a khaki shirt and, you know, just in case I ever need Utility it. Utility belt, Show up on a scene. Yeah. Um, the only thing they God, were able- bet you could walk onto a lot of crime scenes like that. And, and what's weird about this, you know, there's no rapine, there's no uh-huh. uh, uh, robbing or anything like that. Um, according to, who is this guy? I, don't, I think he's with the DA's office. He said, um, authorities believe the imposters intended to help out. 
But an exact motive has yet to be determined. Quote, the only thing they were able to determine is that they thought they were doing good Samaritan work and helping the police and doing a good turn for the community. But you cannot impersonate a police officer. That's a crime, obviously. Oh, Um, yeah. And you can have a real breakdown in law and order if you if you if you have enough people thinking, I know you're going to be put me in cuffs. How do I know you're a policeman? Right. I got this badge. Well, anybody can get one of those. Right. Right. Um, Court documents list five other court defense co-defendants rather. So it appears there are eight of them. Uh, according to my elementary school math skills. Excellent. You can well, be a cop. That's a little detective work right there, Jack. Um, says uh, says the, uh, the, the prosecutor guy, quote, law enforcement has it tough enough these days to do the real difficult work. And when some clown like this comes clown. along, it just makes it all that much more difficult. I got to start calling more people clowns. God, that's a good insult. Dress clown. <laughs> Get this clown out of here. <laughs> Um, you can get creative with it. Too. He couldn't be more of a clown if his nose honked when you squoze it. You know, you, you got a lot of stuff you can do with that. Yeah, that, you know, I, well, I work on that a little bit, but I see your point. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. Just get cop gear and wander around the park. What are you doing? All right. You, do, you guys take it easy over there. All right. Enjoy yourself. Put you on my list. You, citizen. So what the Supreme Court ruling of yesterday could mean to politics, the award-winning fourth hour will cover that. If you don't get it, well, by God, that's a tragedy. But maybe you can listen to the podcast later. Excellent. The podcast. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Was is this on my schnitzel?